What's your favorite scary movie? Stop Horror Time, the podcast where two 20-something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life crime, or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. Hello. And we have a, a special guest today for our episode, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hello. My name is Joe Lipset, and I am the co-host of Horror Queers. Highly recommended. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Joe. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, my pleasure. This, this is great. Uh, I was on your episode. I was on y'all's episode for the old dark house, and that was a blast. And so it's nice to have you mm-hmm. on here. So we are doing the 2006 joint, The Covenant, directed by Rennie Harland. This is. <laughs> I realize this is our Pride Month episode. Uh, perfect. <laughs> and it's our 69th episode as well, too. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Oh, sometimes God happens so quickly. Okay, wow. Um. <laughs> this movie could have used a little more 69 Oh, no, absolutely. No, well, <laughs> yes. Um, well, so, would you like to talk about your experience with this first joe like when you first saw it or i know you said you had like the blu-ray ready for this when i asked you to be on here so (laughs) i did indeed yes um so i checked this out not in theaters but i i used to date someone and he worked at blockbuster so i had the advantage of getting all of his free rentals Mm -hmm. so i would just rent every horror movie that came out and this was one of them and we didn't really know any of the actors in it at the time, but obviously, you know, it's hot guys and it's <laughs> horror, so we thought, sure, we'll check it out. And it's such a weird little film because it's directed by Rennie yeah. Harlan. So you're thinking, oh, this is a prestige director. But then when you watch the film, it's very clearly stupid and schlocky and hella queer. <laughs> and it it's just such a weird little oddity that totally makes sense in the middle of the odds, because really this is the kind of stuff that we were making all the time. But uh, yeah. So my first experience was just being like, Oh, this is going to be a dumb fun. And it is, but it's also kind of terrible, (laughs) but highly enjoyable. Yeah. (laughs) You mentioned Rennie Harlan too. Yeah. Like I think when I first watched this, I didn't even know he had directed it or I probably wasn't as familiar with his work and looking at it now it's just like i wonder how this project even happened with him and mm-hmm. also it's funny like doing a lot of like letterbox reviews of course but i love looking at letterbox reviews especially for bad movies oh. <laughs> it's so okay it's so funny because everyone either rates this like half a star one star or five stars and there's no in between and i just think like that's kind of special (laughs) like that's the kind of movie we're dealing with here (laughs) also people like make comparisons to twilight even though this came out before twilight (laughs) and i i know Mm -hmm. this specifically because stephen Strait, the place caleb in this the main guy he was always like a fan favorite fan cast for jacob and (laughs) Like, yeah, oh. like, there are some actors that I just literally know because they were fan favorites for Twilight Fancasts, because that's what was going on in my 
life at the time. <laughs> yeah, and then he <laughs> then he did 1000 BC and like disappeared off the face of the planet or something, I think. <laughs> he makes he's in a really good sci-fi TV show called The Expanse right now. Oh. So I will say don't don't hold this film against oh. him because he's actually got some great stuff. Well, good for him. No, I wouldn't hold this film against anyone. There's a, you mentioned that these were kind of all unknowns at the time and a lot of them went on like this was like pre-gossip girl like chase crawford this was mm-hmm. i know jessica lucas from gotham but she's done other stuff since um yeah yep. and then i think the the biggest star out of this is sebastian stan who plays yeah <laughs> who plays chase collins the, the villain warlock i should say what this movie's about huh this is <laughs> <laughs> Is it about it's, anything? It's it's teenage warlocks of from old money families, like the generations of, of witches and warlocks, and so they're supposed to be they're they're four four bros. Apparently, the fifth like family died off in the Salem witch trials, and then it turns out that's not the case, and that there's a bastard child who is powerful and wants more power. This is also also like the way witchcraft works in this is that like the more you use it the like you just become old and gross or something um and they they try to make it like an addiction metaphor that never really goes anywhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) um... it's very reminiscent of the season six arc that dark willow has where you're like oh she gets addicted to magic and it turns her into a villain yeah (laughs) Yeah, but because just there's like two things going on with it. Like they're trying, they try to set up that, but then it just becomes more about stopping Chase, um, mm-hmm. and this whole conflict with um, Caleb coming into his powers and ascending. Never, it that just is just not an issue anymore, and he becomes even more powerful, and it's not going to explore. Oh. So how's that gonna go for him? Like, were they set? Were they? Was this trying to set up more, like the Ipswich oh, yes. series or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I think at this time any potential film could have become a franchise. Like, had this film made yeah. money and been successful, I'm confident we would have had either direct-to-video sequels or we would have had like a slew more. And it. it the ending in particular suggests to me, like, oh, is Caleb the new chase now? <laughs> he fixed the car window. Oh, no. <laughs> He's using his powers for stupid things. He's obviously a villain now. <laughs> That's how it works. I, I will, even though this is a bad movie, but I at least wanted to give it credit for, like, being an original genre of film at the time. Like, it's not based on anything, mm-hmm. and it's trying to do this world nope. building that I at least, I can at least appreciate from that spectrum. Yeah, it's getting its Salem horror uh, history completely fucking wrong. But you know what? Every Hollywood movie does that, so sure. Don't worry about it. Al, what did you think of this? You, you, you hadn't seen it, right? I had not seen it, no. Oh, God, I'm so oh, sorry, that's okay. <laughs> I'm like, this all is what my happens. friends, I'm like the baby horror, so like a lot of movies I haven't seen. Um Right. It's very rare that I've seen any horror film before anybody else. Um, and they tend to be bad ones, so it's all right. Um, this, yeah, it's, it's, it's as Kate's uh, review was, it's at the same time a one-star and a five-star film. <laughs> Back and forth. Yes. Yeah. And it's just it's... like, 
so I don't even really know how to describe it. It's just like it's at parts it's like this is really weird and like why is everything so damn dark? And he's like, why are these dorms so dark? Oh, <laughs> it's dark academia. It's, it's like, uh, did someone forget to turn on the light in here? Like it's so dark all the time. <laughs> and then like some of the dialogue too is just like it's kind of strange. Like, and how they're, like, saying it. I, mean, I don't know. It's just, and it also, it's just very, very gay. But we will definitely get into that in the third part. Uh. Are you saying you don't like the dialogue, I'm going to make you my weach? Like, you don't think that's good writing? <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the tagline I for this wish. movie. And I've apparently been spelling it wrong this whole time because the subtitles on Voodoo spelled it W-E-Y-O-T-C-H. Yes. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I've been spelling oh. weach wrong this whole time. How could I? <laughs> I would have thought there'd be two E's, if we're being honest. Yeah. <laughs> Open to interpretation, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Sebastian Stan had a lot of fun with, with this. this film for some Oh, you reason. know he did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know he did. God bless him. I mean, I think he's the only one who truly... We often talk about bad movies or campy mm-hmm. movies as being misguided efforts right like most movies don't set out to become camp classics but often within the world of the film there's one actor who will kind of get what movie they're in and in this movie that is sebastian stan absolutely he understood the assignment like 100 (laughs) he understood the assignment everyone else is trying to take it seriously like even in like like I've watched cast interviews for this and it was, they were made at the time and all, but they are just like, they believe yeah. in this movie and they're like, Oh, the action sequences are so great. We did some, I'm like, where you're just throwing air at each other. <laughs> uh, it's just, <laughs> I think my favorite, I feel so bad is when they say, Oh, and this movie's really scary. <laughs> like, uh, scary. Bad, <laughs> yes. But, it's the one, the, the spider scene is probably the one genuinely scary part of this, at least for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, oh. Even, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> but yeah, it, was this like branded, Joe, do you remember, was this like branded as a horror movie, like marketed as such, or more of a teen movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like it was supposed to be. I mean, it's it's definitely a teen mm-hmm. film, but at the time, nearly every horror film coming out was still a teen film. Like we were, That's we were awesome. still living in the shadow of Scream, even though this movie is a full decade yeah. after the fact. But it was like hot young people getting up to horror witchy nonsense. <laughs> That's how I remember right. it. Like the the opening scene with them kind of coming over the hill towards the beach rave party because raves were a thing in 2006. No, they were not. Um, I remember that being like a big focal point of the trailer. Like, ooh, who are these hot, mysterious, sexy boys? Did it, did it, did you get Lost Boys vibes from that misguided Lost Boys? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, this, I, feel, I feel like this movie's trying so hard sometimes and it just doesn't work and I feel mm-hmm. bad for it a lot. Um, but it's also bad, so what can you do? <laughs> um, and it's also... I was trying to, like, contextualize this in terms of how it was before a lot of the teen genre stuff that would come after it. Like, it was a year after Supernatural, but long before, like, 
like we mentioned, Twilight or even like Vampire Diaries, kind of things like that with the same vibe. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, was the Covenant oh, yeah. ahead of its time? <laughs> <laughs> it, it does make you wonder, like I, when I put it on, I could not remember if this was 2006 or like 2013, because <laughs> it feels like it could have come in at either of those two yeah. times. Yeah. Right? It's timeless. It's really timeless. Yeah. <laughs> Any th- I feel like the aughts specifically is timeless and so specific in a way I appreciate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like these boys are wearing semi-flared jeans. <laughs> and you're just like, that is a 2006 yeah. look. Like, this movie could not have come out in other years. And yet, so much of what happens in the film and the way it approaches, you know, sexuality and it tries to take itself so seriously. You're thinking, oh, well, that makes it feel more like these these bloated self-serious films from the 2010s yeah yeah i like how also like almost all the people that are at that party when they go down they're like oh those are the the boys of ipswich like they're almost legendary and it's like legendary for mm-hmm. what just for being i guess just for being yeah, rich, that's it. yeah just that's it yeah it's everything else you don't even know they're warlocks they're just rich <laughs> And yet they all live in the dorm. Like, they live in the town that they're named after, and yet they all live at the dorm, and none of them seem to have parents. <laughs> you're just like, wait, but why? Also, are they high school students or college students? They're high school students, because what Sarah says she wants okay. to get into Harvard. Uh, oh, right. Yes, of yeah. course she does. <laughs> so I guess it's more of like a prep school or something, but they all just get to... Mm-hmm. But they're all, they're like going, I see why you asked, because they're, the aforementioned rave, and they're just hanging out in bars, and it's like, how, how old are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they must all be around that, because Caleb's turning 18, so they must all be around that age. Right, of course, yeah. Exactly, like my high school experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Waiting to ascend. Yeah. Except for queer people, that's like getting the fuck out of Dodge and getting somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, Al, um, so th- also this specifically, not a lot of movies about warlocks, I guess, because like witches, th- magic, I should say, is usually a female-centric thing. Um, yeah. So, did you kind of find something about that for? Yeah. The real life events. Yeah, I found a man who was accused alongside his wife uh, for witchcraft during the Salem witch trials. Uh, his okay. name was uh, Giles Corey, um, and he refused to enter a plea of guilty or not guilty, and during that time, people who refused to enter any of those, uh, they couldn't be tried. So to avoid them from cheating any justice, uh, they were the legal remedy for refusing to plead was called pianforte endure. Uh, which was hard and forceful punishment in French. Uh, in this process, uh, prisoners were stripped naked and heavy boards were laid, so he was, like, pressed to death um, from it. Um, so, at first, his wife, Martha Corey, was arrested for witchcraft on March 19th of 1692. Um, he was so swept up by the trials that he initially believed the ac- accusations against his wife until he himself was arrested based on the same charge on April 18th, uh, alongside Mary Warren, Abigail Hobbs, and Bridget Bishop, who are women accused of witchcraft. 
Uh, the following day, they were examined by authorities, during which Abigail Hobbs accused Giles of being a wizard, um, and that's when he denied the ac accusations and refused to plead, and he was sentenced to prison and subsequently arraigned at the September sitting of the court. Um, as a result of it, uh, he was pressed to death, and I think there was about five men, uh, five to six men in total, who were um, killed but in the during the Salem witch trials, um, none of them burned at the stake. Um, but I think the uh, press to death sounds pretty bad. Um, yeah. Uh, there are several accounts of his last words. Um, the most commonly told one is they repeated his request for more weight, as that was dramatized in the Crucible, because he's uh, part of that play. Um, but it also been may have been more rocks. Another telling notes it as uh, damn you i cursed you and salem um and he has a grave marker in salem massachusetts that you can actually visit um his wife was hung three days after he was uh killed in september 22nd and she had a son from a previous marriage named thomas and he showed up as a petitioner for loss and damages resulting from his mother being executed illegally during the witch trials uh he got 50 pounds for his troubles <laughs> uh, that's what the the cost of a human life is. Yeah, called. exactly. Um, and uh, some of the other uh, men with John Proctor. Uh, I was talking to Kate last night about Goody Proctor. Uh, her her name. Goody has... Proctor jokes. <laughs> Never. <laughs> um, but like most of the most of the accusations were against women. So to actually uh, have a like something that's a part of Salem history uh, for a film and actually have it revolve around uh, male descendants instead of just female descendants because you've seen a lot of, you know, movies and stories about that. So I thought that was kind of new and interesting. Um, but yeah, that, it's, that was the most prominent guy out of all of the men that were accused of witchcraft. Um, it doesn't say why he was, but the just he was accused alongside of it. I guess they thought he was encouraging her to do it or participated in it as well. Um, so that's that's some of the yeah. true true history with well, the Salem witch trials. Yeah, that's something I would wonder about because, like you said, there's so few cases, and like I feel like it's because the witch trials were rooted in such misogyny and like as an mm -hmm. excuse for all of that. So like. So the few men that were accused, like, what happened there? Um, it all seems to be, like, guilty by association. Mm. So it's like, oh, you're married to her, or you were seen with her in public or something like that. But it, it is very telling that even the men, it's like, well, but it's mostly just because of women. Yeah. Because we don't like women, so we would like to kill yeah. women. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Things have changed. Things are so much better oh, now, Oh, yeah, right? definitely. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> Ron Howard voice. They were not different. <laughs> they were not different. Not too much. But yeah, like that's that's I guess that's another reason you just don't see a lot of warlock movies like this and like like if anything was this kind of a response to like Harry Potter almost and being like, Well we could do that, but for teens or grown ups and they've been <laughs> Even yeah. in the movie, well, they say Harry Potter can kiss my ass. Exactly. Uh, speak your bad line readings. Yeah. So. 
just well, that kid. I mean, that kid even looks like Drake. <laughs> right? Like, quick, we need a, a we need a bleach blonde Brit to mm-hmm. in this role. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just gonna scream. Harry Potter can kiss my ass whenever I like run a yellow light now. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. So okay. So the is this movie gay? <laughs> <laughs> There's a can of worms. How much time is yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, like, going back to what you were saying, Joe, about, like, Sebastian Stan being the one to understand the assignment, and, like, I just wonder, like, how much of this homoeroticism was intentional or not, or do they genuinely just be like, yeah, they should be swimmers, and they should just be mm-hmm. in Speedos and pushing each other against lockers and slapping <laughs> each other's asses. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, do you really just not know what you are doing here? And then there's one guy in the room that's like, oh, I know what we're doing. Like, was that kind of the case for this, you think? I don't know, right? Because you think back and it's like, Rennie Harlan has ties to horror before, right? Like, he did Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street 4. So you you have to think that he's familiar with, like, the tropes and the conventions of the genre. And when you come into this and it's like, okay, so we're going to have four boy protagonists battling a fifth boy protagonist we're gonna feature zero female nudity but we are gonna show a male butt (laughs) yeah and boys in speedos uh let's make sure that the special effects for the big climax look like they're throwing globs of semen at each other (laughs) you know like it, it creative decisions were made and you have to think like someone was in on this like Maybe it was someone down the line just being like, "Oh, well, let's see if we can, <laughs> let's see if we can sneak this in." And if anybody says anything, we'll change it. But if not, it's just going to be like super fucking gay. Because <laughs> yeah, the the semen globs, as you so eloquently stated, that's their only that's the only magic you see them really use. Like, there's not like a variation. That's why the the final battle is so. Yeah, yeah. one note. <laughs> Like, there's so much you can... It's like, yes, we also watch The Matrix. We know why our food. Thank you. Yeah, there's just so much you could do and explore with with magic, and it's just semen gloss. What a bummer. Well, that's why I think the the most interesting scene... Because I... my, my issue with the climax of the film is that there's no danger yeah. because it's just CGI yeah. bullshit for the most part. And yeah, you get Sebastian Stan having a lot of fun with it. But apart from that, it's it just goes on for too long and it's not very visually yeah. interesting. But the scene where uh, Chase is actually threatening... What's her name? I always call her either Sarah. Oh, it's Sarah. Yeah, it's the actress's name. It is Sarah. Okay. When he's threatening Sarah with the spider on and like she's comatose or whatever Mm -hmm. on the bed i think that scene actually does work because that's a different kind of use of his power as opposed to a hollow man references when he's like pinching her in the back in the shower or whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) there there are some things that work like you said the because um, it also starts out with the little switcher. I guess they do show more different versions of power. I guess I meant really when they're fighting. Because you, yeah. Like he, yeah. Because he does like shape shifting to pretend yeah. to be Caleb to get into the room. And then it's like, oh, just kidding. Um, to infiltrate mm-hmm. Sarah's room. Um, well, I think often because 
because they're leaning into this idea that magic is addictive, we often see them using their magic for the stupidest of things. <laughs> so it's like we get the car. Yeah. That's the big opening scene. But then after that, it's like we're using our powers to grift locals at the pool table. <laughs> and you're just like, think bigger, boys. So again, it, it feels like Chase is really the only one who's kind of understanding, oh, I could do something way bigger with that. But even his ambition is to kill someone so that they they give him their power. Cool. Okay. <laughs> like, don't you want to be like world leader? Don't you want to have shit tons of money or something? I don't know. I guess, well, yeah, I guess he thinks that getting that power will stop, like, the aging process, even though he's flat out told that's not going to happen. But at that point, maybe he's too far gone. Mm -hmm. Again, just with the addiction metaphor and everything, that doesn't go anywhere. I think that was the the reasoning. Um, yeah. Elle, do you have anything to say about the gayness of this film? Why is Sebastian Stan kissed more men than me? This is unfair. <laughs> this is unfair. <laughs> okay, yeah, but, like, when he was in, like, the bathroom uh, with Chase, um, or Caleb, sorry, when uh, Caleb and Chase were uh, in the bathroom scene where he, like, hit him into the mirror and then he, like, crouched over him, I was just like, okay. This... Yes. <laughs> and, just yeah, and then he, like, aggressively <laughs> kisses him and calls him brother. And I was like, all right, all right, I, I understand. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, the whole locker scene was yeah. definitely, like... There's no way there was not at least one person who knew what was like. This is it's a little gay, a little little gay guys. Um, but mm -hmm. <laughs> like I was legit yeah. like researching like like the screenwriter and people that like worked on it. I'm like, who was was this a fluke? <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot. Well, this. The screenwriter suggests that it is not a fluke because it's the same guy who wrote The Forsaken, which is like the sexy boy vampires oh. movie with Brendan Fair and Care Smith. Writing that down right now. And they, they claim that that movie is also not gay. But like if you look up homoerotic horror films, those two will appear in the top 10 every fucking time. Like J.S. Cardone, we just want to talk. Just, just want to know. What's going so, on with you? I can't remember when the interview was, but I think somebody asked Sebastian Stan about the covenant, and he went, "Oh, uh, he's like, how did you know how much spanking gay guys were gonna get from this film?" <laughs> he's like, "Oh, yes, a lot." Yeah. <laughs> he knew. That's just so funny. Like, if I ever meet him, like in the 21st century, like 2021 or something, I have to ask him about the covenant and just see his reaction to it. <laughs> and now. It's like, I know we're supposed to be talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but also I have questions more, about the this covenant. This is more important. <laughs> Very pressing. <laughs> that poor man. <laughs> well, the weird, the weird thing is, is that straight guys don't see it. So, of course, if you say, like, if you put this out <clears throat> yeah. here and you're talking to straight people, they'll be like, no, it's just boy witches. And you're like, a boy witches. <laughs> like, that alone, right there. Um, but women pick up on it really well because there is a large body of man-to-man -man slash fiction involving characters in this film. And, like, they'll, they'll mix it up so it'll actually be, like, Sebastian Stan's Bucky character from the MCU, but, like, fucking <laughs> from this movie. Oh, my gosh, crossovers. Wow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How did I not think to look all that stuff up before recording <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not surprised. Well, I'm not homework. surprised that that's out there no, at all. No. Mm. Yeah. 
<laughs> bring a renaissance back for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just what happened with this, is the, the straight guys just didn't um, didn't know. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I believe it. It's just, it's just so different from... Uh, it's the opposite of like looking back at horror movies uh, that you watched when you were young and then later found out that there were queer creators involved. This is like the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Like we knew it from the minute it dropped and we still know yeah. it 15 years later. Because <laughs> happy 15th birthday, the Covenant. Oh, wow. Celebrating yeah. its 15th anniversary. Oh, my this God. Year. Good, good for so them. Long. <laughs> Good for her. Good for her. Good for Rennie Harlan. Good for... Oh, well, I hope Sebastian Stan doesn't get too harassed about this. <laughs> maybe he'd, or maybe he'd prefer it compared to I don't know. I mean there there must be something about him though, right? Cuz all throughout like his role as Bucky, people were like, "Oh, so it's him and Captain America, mm-hmm. and then he just did that Marvel yeah. show on Disney Plus, and it's like, oh, him and uh, Winter Soldier. <laughs> like, the, I think Sebastian Stan is either giving off heavy metrosexual vibes, or it's like, I don't know, there's maybe something gently queer <laughs> about his performances. I mean, there is. I mean, that's that probably explains, like, I'm a full on dyke, and I'm just drawn to his performances for some reason. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> I just find always what he's doing very interesting is with Bucky too. Like that, that all this is happening because I've watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, <laughs> forgot how much I care about Bucky Barnes and like Sebastian's performance. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh my God, Elle, have you seen the covenant? We have to do the covenant. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this is happening. <laughs> so we're all here because of this sensitive Romanian boy who keeps turning in homoerotic right. performances. <laughs> and isn't that what Pride Month is all about? <laughs> It's a tale yeah. this time. I don't know. Just think he's neat. I'm sure we all do. <laughs> I just think he's neat. He's a good boy. I don't want to do anything with him. I just yeah. think he's neat. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Uh I, I just think that it's fascinating that they basically built this story. Like, it's so rare to see horror films where you get more than one or two boys in it, right? Like, usually you're going to try to evenly weigh out yeah. the cast or it's going to be principally female. Yeah. Um, so to me, that also suggests, like, well, who was our target audience for this movie? Like, because um, Trace and I covered this when we were doing Horror Queers editorials, and we compared this to David Dakota films, which are like, I don't know if the two of you know David yeah. Dakota. He's like a famed director. He's made one very serious film and then a bunch of like very campy homoerotic mm-hmm. films. And now he makes Hallmark Christmas <laughs> movies. So he's had this amazing career trajectory. He's fantastic. But the homoerotic films that he was making were very similar to this, only far, far campier and more low budget. But when pressed, he would always say in interviews that he was making movies for teen girls. And that's why there were so many guys in their underwear caressing each other. And you're like, okay, but is clearly girls is just code for girls and gays in this case. Yeah. Like, we're giving you man candy. They're in various states of undress. They're looking at each other. They're getting up in each other's faces. 
And it's like, yeah, I'm sure women will appreciate that. But so will boys who want to sleep with other boys. <laughs> I think there's another market for that. Yes, that you don't want to mention. Mm-hmm. Huh. And particularly, like, if you think of 2006, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is when we're starting to get more distribution platforms. Like, we're on the cusp of introducing uh, streamers. And there's just different kinds of markets where you could get queer-themed or queer-coded texts out to people who want to pay for them. So I can't help but wonder if they were like, well, it's just double dip, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, boy, the craft. This will appeal to somebody, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> Don't don't gays love the craft too? <laughs> yeah, from what 100%, I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like the only way the covenant could have been better is if it was girls. Oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> light as a feather. Well, any last minute thoughts on the covenant or anything before we wind down? Like, um, you know, we've stated before. It's bad, but it's fun. Bit is my kind of pitch for it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I paid four whole dollars to rent it. That must mean something. <laughs> Rennie Harlan, thanks you for yourself. I'll do it for him. I'm a big Long Kiss Goodnight fan, so like. Oh my god! Yes, yes. You can have it. Speaking of like hot lesbian energy in that movie, oh, Gina, Gina Davis, yes. right? <laughs> yes. So good. Uh, I I think the only other thing I would say is I. I don't love this movie. I do think it's fun. But I do want to give a shout out to... Um, uh, shoot. I should have looked it up. Uh, either the cinematographer or the director of photography. Just the way that they move the camera, I actually think is really interesting. Yeah. Like, they pick very unusual shots. Yeah, especially the way that bar scene is filmed, I thought was... Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. <laughs> Um, and, and I would be remiss not to mention the fact that it is a Canadian because, of course, this was shot in Quebec as well as Nova Scotia. Hey. Hey. I mean, I don't know that I want to claim this as a Canadian. <laughs> no, you just but, claimed uh, it. Her- Too late. Damn it. Ah, we weren't going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours now. Take it home. <laughs> we'll wrap it up for you. Uh, <laughs> well, they film a lot of stuff in Canada now, too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, because we like to give tax breaks. <laughs> We're like Georgia, only we don't have really terrible voting restrictions God. and like hate crimes against gay people. Yeah, they kind of just. Do, do you remember there was? This is a tangent now, but there was like a brief moment. Where they were like, well, we're not going to film anything in Georgia if you don't fix this. And then they just mm-hmm. forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. They're still filming there. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it, it's kind of shit because there's still a bunch of people who live in Georgia who probably don't hate gay people oh, yeah. and like people of color. But at the same time, it's like, well, how do you put pressure on politicians? You have to threaten them with money. Like financial things are how you can make an impact. And Disney in particular being like, hey, we're still going to shoot here. Uh, cool. Okay. <laughs> well, guess you don't believe it that strongly. <laughs> Ah, Disney. Heard of them? It's okay. They just own everything now. I'm definitely not seeing Cruella later tonight or anything. No, fuck Disney. (laughs) Oops. Oh, uh, well, uh, I hope you appreciate Disney's first out character. You mean there's seven seven out? 
The yeah, LeFou exactly. erasure here in these conversations. <laughs> I will not stand for it, but I'm very excited to see. Disney sucks, but I'm excited to see Cruella. This is just... Uh, go for the fashion. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I can't. It's really yeah. great. It's really good. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, we can wind down if you'd like. Uh, Joe, is there anything you've been watching or media you've been consuming that you'd like to talk about? Oh, gosh. Um, You're recording a lot. You're just see. doing the most. I, yeah, yeah I, I like to not sleep, oh. so that's a good thing. Um, things that I've enjoyed, I would say, I'm not sure if you folks have talked about it, but Initiation is a film that came out this year. It's a slasher film, oh. but it deals a lot with grief in an unexpected way. It's like sexual assault on a college campus, and then people start to get murdered, but it's not a... The inciting incident is a woman who gets attacked and then we never talk about anything again and there's just bodies. Like, fully half the movie is people processing someone being murdered and having to deal with it. And it's really compelling. Like, the slasher component is actually the least interesting part of the film, but it's a big swing and I quite appreciated it. So, Yeah, I have, I'm like behind on everything because of the pandemic but especially horror so i'm writing mm-hmm. that down right now that sounds great <laughs> so um well let's see what well, well i saw spiral <laughs> if you can count that as a movie mm-hmm. <laughs> um thinking about movies where it's like who is the audience for this movie because is it slot fans is it chris rock fans is it casual horror fans i i feel like that movie really doesn't know it's definitely not for saw fans because it's like not a saw movie but i don't even have time to get into that <laughs> what else uh, i <laughs> that's know that's another, a, another thing entirely <laughs> uh, i did this isn't horror but i watched common threads because it was put on the criterion channel there's like the, um they released a lot of stuff for pride month including different documentaries that that Rob Epstein and Jeffrey Friedman did. Um, so this was like really hard to find. It's, it's like different stories about um, people that are featured on the AIDS quilt because they died from AIDS. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I rewatched Halloween H2O if you want some horror. Yes. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis diving into the bottom of a Chardonnay oh bottle. She's allowed to. Oh, and I, oh god, and yeah. I rewatched Frankenhooker. That there's just been a lot of rewatch. Yes, you you've seen that? Yeah, I haven't, but I just listened to a podcast about it. I realize I haven't seen very much from that director because I haven't seen Basket Case. Oh, either. okay. I feel like I'm really missing that out. Basket Case is wild. Those are, yeah, those are the only two right? of his that I've seen of Frank Helen. No, I've seen um, oh, I forgot what it's called with like the worm in the guy's neck. So I've seen a few, but Frankenhooker, you're like, what are you talking about, Kate? No. <laughs> Ella's like, are you saying words No, I'll right find now? it. It's called Brain Damage. Okay. Yeah, oh, normal yeah. Okay. average mm-hmm. guy who lives in New York City becomes dependent on an evil disembodied brain. Okay, so it's not a worm, it's a brain, but it looks like a... <laughs> I'm great at describing things. But Frankenhooker's a blast. I think it just got put on Shudder. So that's why I rewatched yeah. it. I was like, don't mind if I do. It's, um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I don't know, I'm... It, I feel like for Frank Helen Lauder, I'm forgiving of things. Yes. Yeah. Just because, I don't know. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Elle, Elle's face is like, I still don't understand. <laughs> Elle basically just picture the most offensive thing you can think of, and it's probably in the film. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Like it's so un-PC. Mm-hmm. It's actually oh, so funny. like the gentleman. Yeah. But not no, funny. do not. Do not compare <laughs> Frankenhooker to the gentleman. <laughs> I will log off and you'll be alone in this meeting with <laughs> What about As you? I Elf? said not funny. Um, no. I have watched like <laughs> one movie since we did our last <laughs> podcast because for some reason I guess I decided to take a break from watching films. Um, but it was on my AFI hundred list. Uh, it was a The Treasure of Sierra Madre with Humphrey Bogart. Oh, okay. Um, and I think my mem- most memorable part from that movie is that like he told some movie critic that had come out of one of his films that you should see my next film i'm the biggest piece of shit ever and he was and i was like at least he lived up to what he was telling the guy um but i have i started watching the first half of uh bill and ted's excellent adventure today uh because i've never seen that film and i love keanu reeves so i thought why not so uh quick i don't know if anybody's seen it but the fact that they just randomly dropped the F slur in there. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Took me like it just like smacked me in the face. <laughs> I was just like, okay, uh, we'll move on from that. But I'm having fun. It's the eighties. Eight to nineteen eighty nine. What do I expect? Um, but I'm having. Then the fun covenant with it, does otherwise. that too. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at least the covenant has the goodwill to it and put it into the mouth of the. True, bullshit. true, true, and not sure. your two heroes. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah. 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 I just didn't like gay people in the 80s. That's yeah. all. Or the 90s, if we're being honest. <laughs> um, other than that, oh, I finally finished my book that I've been reading since, like, February. Uh, <laughs> now, and so I'm taking a quick break from that uh, series, and I'm reading uh, Carrie Fisher's last book that she had, uh, that she wrote before she passed away. And I can't believe it's been almost five years now since that happened, which is insane. Oh. Yeah. I know, um, but the it's Princess it's Diarist, right? Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, and I'm only a couple chapters in, but it does read a lot like her other uh, ones that she's written, and I love mm-hmm. her voice. It's so funny. Um, but other than that, uh, not too much else has happened besides my sister moving like two hours away because uh, my brother-in-law got a job in a different city, and so they had to move and. Uh, I didn't have to really help because I've been working like five days a week. Uh, but like, try imagine moving an almost two-year-old, three cats, a dog, and a like Oof. six-week-old baby into a new house. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, glad it's not me. So, uh, but not much else going on besides that. Just working and trying to read as much as I can and watch as many movies as I can. Love that. I feel, okay, I should, real quick, I forgot to mention, but I feel like I should because it's very gay, but Paul Rudnick wrote a, a romance novel. Um, did you know about this, Joe? He wrote a not, like, no. He wrote a gay romance novel that is about this, like, event planner falling in love with the Prince of Wales, and so everyone's like, oh, so it's Red, White, and Royal Blue, and I'm like, no. it's more like all those yeah. Hallmark movies where, like, a normal person falls for the prince. Like, it's way oh, more okay. that, and it's very funny because it's Paul Rudnick, and... Yeah. Okay. What L? Oh, I just remembered because I was shelving them yesterday. I since I work at a bookstore and I work on the second floor, and that's where our romance novels in. There's a lot more LGBT adult romance books coming out, and Mm -hmm. one of them that I saw, like I read the back of it because I was just like, okay, what's this one? And it's like truly like tropey, like these two, like one's like a 
uh, veteran uh, ranger, and then this new guy is like a volunteer ranger after he like kicked Cancer's ass, and then he's like trying to start a new life and stuff, and they get snowed in and part of like <gasps> the lodge, <laughs> yes! part of one of the cabins, and then like they have to survive and stuff like that, and I'm just like. All right, let's do it. <laughs> let's go. We'll get uh, we'll get Ronnie Harlan to direct the adaptation. <laughs> there we go. I don't know. I'm just I'm just very happy that there's more LGBT like adult romance books coming out because there's like mm-hmm. one of the famous authors uh, that does like she wrote a like basically a gay pride and prejudice. Her name's Cat Sebastian. Uh, I shelve some of her books a lot of times, so I'm just it's nice to see different authors coming in and out with mm-hmm. different uh, LGBT romance. I'm just I don't know, it made me very happy. And then I saw that, I was just like, oh my god, I'm not used to seeing different authors, so it's nice. <laughs> I just remembered that. <laughs> yep, we're out here. Some money to be yeah. made, right? Yeah, yeah. It could be like Christine Feehan, and most of hers are like supernatural. Um, oh, those are with all know, the like animal like Jaguars. The <laughs> yeah, I can't remember who writes them, but one of them's like werewolves and stuff, and I'm just like, hell yeah, man, you find the niche in the market and you can make some good money off of there. Yes, you can. <laughs> Go off. Good for them. <laughs> okay. And that, well, what a way to, to celebrate Pride Month. <laughs> <laughs> With Jaguar yeah. romances, and, and yes. War, teenage warlocks and, huh, yeah. yeah. Well, this has been great, Joe. I want to thank you for coming on and you've been a great like advocate for us and for me like a lot and i just appreciate it and not just yes. us like a, everyone in the queer horror community i feel like you're a good champion for and everyone listen to horror queers anything else you want to talk about on here uh no i mean if people want to keep track of what i'm up to i'm pretty good at self-promoting <laughs> so you can follow me on twitter or instagram at b still on my remote and that's the letter b and all of my shit that i do is up on there cool, cool. i'm at dyke madden on twitter and you can follow me at lm designs on twitter and you can follow the podcast on twitter at uh horror time pod and we have a facebook page at stop horror time pod and we're a great podcast for people who want to know more about horror but just can't watch the films. And if you guys like what we do, you can always leave us a review or anything on any place that you listen to podcasts. It's more just to get us spread around and hopefully reach some more new audience members. Uh, and so happy Pride. We will see you guys next month. So stay safe and have a good time. Thanks for joining us. Yes, Bye. happy Pride. Bye. <laughs>